plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. We're back. Uh, we're not in the same room. Uh, we are recording um, remotely because the universe fucking hates me sometimes. But we are here to discuss magic. Matt, how you doing today? Oh, good enough, I guess. Um, some work shenanigans going on for both of us, I think. But uh, non-work yeah, related stuff. The first part of this discussion, right. which which will not make the episode ever. But it was yeah. just 25 <laughs> minutes of me bitching about... <laughs> re- like Realistically, they're all minor just inconveniences of my job but they all pile together in the same 40 minute span sometimes and it makes me really upset yep i'm in a similar boat as well um as far as that goes uh but uh, like i said non-work related um i beat the main storyline in inquisitor martyr the warhammer 40 game game so now i'm doing the like randomly the pseudo random de- generated dungeons uh-huh. um so it's called like the Void Crusade, and you have to spend these shards, and it allows you to do a crusade, which has a bunch of missions, and like, there's a supreme mission at the end, which is like how you finish the crusade, and uh-huh. then there's like a little, for lack of a better word, word map, and as you like complete missions, it unlocks other missions, and you can kind of work your way through the map, um, and they have like, the more you do, the better the rewards get at the end, uh-huh. but it also gets harder. Because, like, each, most of them have a, a like, plus one difficulty, and they it's cumulative. And so, yep. like, every time you complete one, the next one is now one level higher. Uh, is this a, uh, is this a shoot and loot game? Uh, it's kind of, like, a blend of, like, Diablo 3, the PlayStation 2, Baldur's Gates games, um, stuff like that. Like, so it's, it's like a looter action RPG. Okay. With a Warhammer flavor and skin on it uh storyline's cool um but right now i've basically played through the main storyline and it's just i'm just like grinding for gear and like trying to like finish my build and whatnot so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's a lot of fun it's it's mindless which is good it's like it's there are difficult parts to it but they're not like hard you know what I mean? There'll be like enough where it's like, oh shit, I had to like run away and like recover my health a little bit or something like that. But that's only, like I said, doing those void crusades. When you get to like plus six or seven levels higher than you, what the way the game does it is there's just a compounding like damage reduction that you deal and then like you just take way more damage. So like when they're like six or seven levels higher than you, you you're doing like 30 or 40 percent of your normal damage and you're taking Ooh. almost twice as much like <laughs> like it That's nerfed. intense yeah it really they and like then the other cool thing about these uh void crusades is you've got a, a deck of tarot cards and they're basically modifiers to the the mission and mm-hmm. so uh it'll be like one of the most important ones is a tarot card that adds void shards it it increases the uh, the likelihood of void shard will drop which is the currency you use to do these crusades so it's really important to have that but it also makes your champion packs which are effectively elites although they use elites to describe the next tier up um so there's champion packs and it makes them a lot stronger so it'll be like they do you know 40 percent more damage and one of them the last one i got was like they do 40 percent more damage and have 76 percent physical resistance and i'm like well i'm entirely physical this is gonna suck Ooh, shit. 
Yeah, that's the equivalent it, of Diablo 3 where it's like, yeah, this guy's immune to fire. And it's like, cool, that's my build. Right, exactly. And then that stacks on top of any of the just generic, you're now five levels lower than this mm-hmm. penalties as well. So it can get a little rough, but uh, the rewards are huge. And one of the things I loved about it, so like when you beat the Supreme mission at the end and you're done, <clears throat> the way it works is like there's there's a couple... Uh, there's like one main chest that you you get for finishing it. And then mm-hmm. you're in a room and there's just like 10 chests. The cool thing about them, uh, as you're playing on the map, you can get like up to five or six different keys to unlock those chests. And then when mm-hmm. you're playing through the levels, there's uh, in Warhammer terms, they're called cogitators. They're computers mm-hmm. where you can get information for what's in the chests. So, like, if you play through and you're paying attention as you're going through the map and you're not just mindlessly murdering everything, you come across one of these cogitators, click on it, like, you, you normally had to go out of your way to get them. And mm-hmm. then what that will do is it will r- reveal the item type in one of those chests. So it'll be yeah, like, hey, yeah. this has relics, this has signums, this has weapons, that kind of thing. And so you can, <clears throat> if you, you know get a little bit of luck and a little bit of know-how with the those things and you get enough keys you can really just get a giant fucking loot drop at the end of this thing which is how i really love how to that's i love that setup for loot where like you kind of get a steady stream of it as you're playing but like every half an hour you just get a fucking ton of like really good stuff so Mm -hmm. like you're just playing you're playing you're playing you're playing you know you do you do five to ten missions depending on you know how many how difficult you want to make that last supreme mission and Mm -hmm. then boom giant reward and here's the other thing that makes it difficult you only have a certain number of lives so if you die so like like i said it jacks it up jacks the difficulty up on each mission you can only die at most three times unless you get some sort of modifier the tarot card deck can modify that and that's one of the things you can play around with too where it'll Mm -hmm. be like uh one of the modifiers was like you start with one life instead of three but every 50 enemies you kill you get another life Ooh, so like strong yeah and then another one was like you start with three lives and every five minutes you lose one <laughs> oh so yeah, that's worse so, yeah so like there's just you know different things right um but for the crusade if you die five times regardless of how which mission you're on you're done you fail and you lose all the shards and you don't gotcha. get the awesome mission so there's like you have there's a lot of things you kind of want to be balancing out and it just makes it kind of interesting rather than like for example if you were playing anybody who's played diablo 3 i know you played diablo 2 a little bit with me diablo 3 mm-hmm. when you're doing greater rifts it scales in a fairly linear way where it's just like they just steadily increase how much damage and health the enemies have um and like as you go up in greater rift you know one two three four all the way up to like 70 or 80 it's pretty i don't want to say necessarily like straight linear like a graph linear but they don't do anything weird or wacky or anything Uh and there's no real consequences for failure so like if you die in a greater rift whatever like even if you mm-hmm. lose that greater rift, there's no limiting factor on how many rifts you can run. Mm, so I like, see. it's just a matter of like dying in Diablo three is just strictly speaking just about efficiency. Uh-huh. So like, if you're dead, you're not getting loot or XP. Yep. But in this, there's actually like what I would consider a pretty reasonable like death penalty. Like you can die up to four times and it doesn't really matter. That mm-hmm. seems pretty fucking reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, like the first one I did, I've only done one and I'm halfway through the second. The first one I did, I uh, I was kind of feeling out the difficulty and whatnot. And I think I got it up to like plus six. And then I was like, well, I don't know if I can do this. So I'm just going to go ahead <laughs> and do it. And so I did it, but I died two out of my three times on the last mission. And if you, mm. when you go into the Supreme mission, whether you have five lives or one, if you fail it, you're done. So you you only get to try it once. And the whole, whether you win or lose, the whole crusade is done. So, and I died twice. <laughs> for the it, it freaked me out Whoa. a little bit because, like, I walked in and, like, one of the first enemies just one-shotted me. I was like, holy fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, for realsies and cereal now, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, then, like, it must have just been a fluke. Because, uh, like, one of the things, and I'm, I, we're going a little long on this, but it's what I did over the past couple days. Um heat damage in that game is fucking ridiculous it's like the only thing that will ever actually kill me is like there'll be like two or three dudes with flamers and they just they just melt and i've got like in the defensive tree for your talents Uh, maxed heat resist (laughs) because still not enough it's still not enough so anywho i also finished the first horus heresy book i'm on the second one i'm like pretty far into that probably three quarters of the way through that now uh and it's getting really interesting i mean it's been really interesting but and i don't want to spoil it for who any anybody who cares but uh i don't know how the horace heresy books go but i know um how the horace heresy goes you want me to ruin it for you (laughs) no i I mean i know roughly how it goes because currently warhammer's ten thousand years after it yeah that's true (laughs) i don't think it goes well for horace let's just say that (laughs) you don't know that uh it does not in a bad writing sense but it's one of the things so in the second book the whole thing is about uh the astartes the space marines one of the factions like uh he betrays everybody else and he's Mm -hmm. the one doing this shit and it always kind of like drives me nuts like i hate treachery because i'm a Mm -hmm. i personally am a very loyal person so like it's one of the things that legitimately pisses me off when I'm reading a book and I'm like, God, I'm like literally just going through this and I'm like, you fucking Erebos piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Pissed at this guy. Cause like Horus is awesome. And like, he's just getting fucking tricked and then he gets infected and now they're taking his body to his temple to corrupt him with chaos. And I'm just like fuming at this guy. And I'm like, you fucking bastard. (laughs) Yeah. It's all just, people working in the background making good people do bad things yep so yeah i'm uh enjoying the books they're very good very entertaining so how about you how you doing something i have gotten really balls deep in since last week um i've been looking for new hobbies and i don't play much cod anymore i am sorry to our patron who uh (laughs) wanted to hop and play cod with me i think we became friends once we tried to play a few times it never worked out between and, uh, work, what, magic, and Warhammer, he needed more hobbies. <laughs> well, this was before. In fairness, this was before Warhammer. COD was always in there. COD had a spot, and so COD has been now taken out. I just don't really play anymore because um, all my friends play. They play ranked, and I hate playing ranked. Too competitive. Yeah. It's too serious. And Call of Duty is too. I don't know. It's I don't like. Especially, well, it doesn't help having slow internet. I'm at a I'm at a legitimate distinct disadvantage having slow internet <laughs> playing mm-hmm. against people that are good at COD, and I'm not good at COD anyway. So I picked up a friend of ours from work uh, plays iRacing and he's balls deep into iRacing simulators. And I was like, well, it, it, it looks like fun. I've seen a couple people play it. 
and I saw that you could play it in VR, and that looks really cool. And I always look for a chance to use my VR system because I have an, an expensive computer and a VR headset that I bought that doesn't get used very much. And so I was like, oh, I can use my VR. We'll try it out. And so I ended up finding a pretty good deal on a steering wheel and pedal set, um, a, de- a, a, a decent set. It's like $300 retail mm-hmm. to give it a shot. I, it's I'm a big fan of if you're going to give something a chance, you got to give it a real chance. And, you know, doing it with a, you know, a $40 wheel from Walmart probably isn't, it's not fair to the game. And after doing a couple races and spending, I, I, and I mean, literally like two hours, probably not even doing a single lap, just driving around one or two corners and wrecking, spinning out, crashing, locking up the brakes, dumping a wheel in the grass. Uh, I started kind of getting the hang of it and I really fucking like it. I've been having a lot of fun doing races and, the races are honestly okay, but I have a I legitimately have a lot of fun getting on for like two or three hours and just running laps on the same track in the same car and just trying to chase a faster time, just trying to get faster, trying to take turns better, trying to find the braking points better, find trying to find a way to take turns sharper and to get more speed on the straightaways. And I have really, really been enjoying that for the last week or so. And I'm looking forward to doing it a little bit more. Um other than that, I have been putting together some more uh, Warhammer minis. I've gotten um, about half of my cavalry units put together. I need to get there. I basically need to get the chicks. Um, I need to get them glued together so like I get like their legs and their arms and their weapons glued on. Their horses are already glued together, and then put them on the stands, and then they're good. I've got another like named character I need to do. I gotta get some more. I gotta go buy some more like little basic bitch units. I gotta buy a big boy unit. But once all that's done, I should be able to start, well, you know, and painting all the while. But once they're put together, I can start playing. And I'm looking forward to playing some Warhammer. Um, on the Pioneer front, I had a lot of fun on Monday. Got to uh, play Rot Priest again because I don't want to just play the same deck every single week. And so I had a lot of fun playing. It was, I did, I, I won round one. Uh, the, you know, the deck just kind of went off doing some really busted things. Like, like you know, game one. Uh, or game one and two, I think I had like, you know, the turn two or turn three, you know, oh, I'll play a rot priest and then go get a second rot priest and just win the fucking game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the round two, I felt really bad. I was playing against Casey and I just like like game one. I had a he had kind of a slow start and mine. He wasn't running a ton of removal. And my my game consisted of on turn three, play a bloated contaminator and then on turn four, play a bloated contaminator <laughs> and then just start attacking with four fours with trample, infect and proliferate. Mm-hmm. You know, throw in a, a punch, few punch, punch in there, and yeah, the yep. game ended pretty quick. And then game, uh, I think he won game two, and game three, I just kind of templed him out. And then round three, of course, I go up against DC, and DC is my arch nemesis, whom I, whom I very rarely ever beat, and fucking curb stomped me. wasn't even a wasn't even a challenge. It was hilarious how badly he beat me. What was he playing? Uh, he plays Golgari mid range, and so he doesn't. Play. Uh, he doesn't play. Uh, he was he played that mono green. I think you've seen once or twice that mono green yeah, like, or whatever. And it, it's it's not it's not evolved, but it's it has it has a lot of the best creatures, a couple of the best creatures from uh, mono green in it. And then it's just the he was. I guess in fairness, it's more correct to say it's. I don't know. It's more correct to say he took his mono black deck and splashed in a few really 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 good green creatures. Um, the new Glissa is one of them, where it's just a fucking powerhouse. You know, it, it is the classic like, oh, you know, it dies to lightning bolt and it does. But if it doesn't die to lightning bolt, it takes over a game so quickly because it just does so much. 
Well, and the whole dies to lightning bolt argument goes right out the window when the format doesn't have lightning bolt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But but the, like the, I, it's it's a yeah. heavy removal format. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all running go for the throats and you know, uh, diabolic, not diabolic content. What's the what's the one in the black kill a thing lose to? I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. And there's power word kill. There's there's tons of like one mana or two mana four damage or two mana three damage to do things. It's a very hit removal. And so every creature, you know, every creature dies. But she's one of those. His deck is just full of those. Like if if these creatures live, you won't. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really good it's a really, really good deck. It's probably not quite, you know, it's not in like the top tiers of the meta, but it's a very, very strong deck. And it does it does do very well against a lot of other decks. Tons of fun there um, for anyone who's keeping track of the chicken ordeal that started with me telling my wife that I will get her four chickens to start with. And that evolved into, well, now they're going to arrive a month and a half later than she wanted them to. So she went and bought four chickens from the store. Those have been in my computer room. They're behind me now. They smell delicious. I was like fucking chicken shit in here. <laughs> um, well, her other chickens finally arrived so what was four chickens bumped up to eight because she went and bought four more. And then lo and behold, they sent us five by accident. So now we have nine chickens, um, all of which are behind me. If you hear them scritching and jumping and chirping, that is them. A couple of them are a month or two old and they're probably about ready to go outside. And then a couple of them were literally hatched like three days ago. And so they are little balls of fluff that can do nothing except eat and drink and poop. Yep. And look cute. And look cute. They are very, very cute. And even the... <clears throat> even the bigger ones are they're still pretty cute but that's what i've been doing i've been playing a lot of racing simulator really been digging i racing been doing a little bit of warhammer been listening to a lot of i uh one of our guys on our discord got me onto Lorehammer, and i've really been digging how they just in long form two hour episodes are going through chunks of the lore and progressing through you know what is warhammer and whatnot and like we're just we we just got to um basically the end of the horus hair and a lot of it's broad strokes obviously but the end yeah. of the horse heresy, the end of, uh, well, how that whole ordeal ends and the end of the Great Crusade and all that stuff. And and um, talking, you know, getting the getting the the emperor onto the golden throne and stuff like that. But I, I said I've, I've been digging it. Um, you know yeah. who else has been digging it, Matt? Who's that? Our patrons. Um, super, oh, as always, every week, huge shout out to our patrons for um, just contributing in a really real way to help us keep the show going and, and, you know, get, get more stuff for the show, a lot more time to it, you know, kind of justify the time and money we spend on the show. Um, before we go up into them, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, one of them is a new patron Becker and Duncan on Twitter, both of whom reached out to us to give us a kind of little, little TLDR on why Lauren of the third path was in that initiative death and taxes deck last week. And so I don't know if you got to see that on the discord, but, yeah. It was really nice getting to kind of read through. And I talked to him for a I talked to uh, Becker about it for a little bit. And then Duncan also reached out on Twitter. So he deserves uh, some credit. But just kind of break down why that that a disenchant is in that spot that, you know, it's a disenchant. You can bounce with Caracas and um, it does get, you know, a lot of times you've got room for whatever Lauren is a human with Cavern of Souls. So you have an uncounterable disenchant that you can be bouncing and doing stuff with. Um, obviously, it's a one of, so it's not a very powerful slot, but it's a very, you know, it's a relatively effective slot. So thank you to both of them. And thank you to Emperor for putting our stuff on Reddit every single week and, you know, being one of the first uh, one of the first patrons and one of the first, you know, people supporting us. 
Same with uh, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Mono Wolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Winter, and Rose. Thank you all. Oh, and uh, and Becker, uh, our newest patron. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you for being a part of the ride, and thank you for being in the being in the Discord. It's so much fun to hop in and chit chat, and you know we all we, we play modern. We're trying to get some popper going. It's super fun to get to have a little community of people that are just like minded people that we enjoy talking to. Uh, they get to be get to be in the Discord with us. So thank you to all of them. Anyone who wants to join that Patreon, Discord, or not Discord, Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. Any tier will get you into the Discord, and then what you know, the $5 tier gets you extra content every week. And then the tiers above that, you start getting into some merch tiers where I just got to send Emperor his new playmat. Uh, he loves it. He's super excited about it. We got uh, Winter, their new playmat the other day, and Rose got uh, her playmat on the way. It's super fun getting to get swag for people, and it, it's it's really is one of the coolest things ever that we get to send branded merchandise to people, and hope in the hopes that they'll use it and you know, show off, and you know brag on Cantrip Cartel. So, thank you guys for showing up. Thank you for anyone else who wants to participate, and thank you to everyone who sends us messages, whether it be on Twitter, email, Facebook, you know, clarifying things we missed, or you know, just touching base with your life or checking in with ours. We appreciate it. But absolutely. I believe that's all I've got. So, Matt, I'll be honest. All I've got to say, you know, because I, I meant to I'll add this in here before we get started, because I was going to talk about how the universe kind of shit on me a little bit. So we usually record either on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I've kind of bumped it back to Wednesdays because I like having Tuesday off. I go do Pioneer on Monday. Tuesday, I kind of take off. Wednesday, we usually record. Thursday, we can have backup recording. And then Friday, the episode goes up and we've been really slow at work. So I went home at like, you know, one o'clock on Tuesday and I was like, man, I'd appreciate a day. Just, you know, spend time with Sarah, play some video games, relax a little bit because we've been light forever. And then, of course, Wednesday and Thursday, I work till 630 every day. So here we are at 715 just starting. How is Legacy looking? So be quick. Uh, well, there's eight different decks in the top eight. <laughs> I know. So. And some of them are really, really interesting. Yeah. Some of them we haven't seen. Uh, one of them we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, talking about Phoenix? Them, yeah. I think we've seen Phoenix literally once ever. Yeah. It, in a top when, eight. When, yeah, in a top eight. Like, it's bounced around. For a while, it was top 32-ing semi-regularly, or closer to when we first started the podcast. Um, and then it's kind of, like, disappeared. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's, it's exciting to see it pop up in the top eight again. Phoenix always, and I've played against Phoenix uh, several times, it always feels very gimmicky to me. And, like, it can do the thing. And it obviously can win games, but it's, it always feels like when someone does the Phoenix thing, it's always like, oh, wow, cool. You made it happen, man. Because like a lot of times what it involves is like dark ritualing into Buried Alive. And it's like, you know what is a probably better spell to cast off Dark Ritual than Buried Alive? Doomsday. In Tomb Reanimate. Yep. Or, or in Tomb Reanimate. Yeah, both. Either. Yep. Like, it just seems like a very suboptimal. If you're looking at just the power level of magic in general and legacy, it seems like a very suboptimal line to take. But it is really cool, and it's awesome to see it happen. Yep. Well, it's to me, it's one of my favorite things about legacy, and it's where legacy is at its best is when that tier two is just like super wide, and you yeah. can basically so like eleventh uh, place, we've got stifle knot again, we've got oops all spells again, like the the format's wide open in this top 32 once again it is um so like that to me is when legacy is at its best where it's just like i don't have to play the optimal thing 
because that's what happens when you've got two or three decks that are just like completely taking over the format where you're like there's no way for me to play phoenix because it's not good enough like it's like it's good at killing its opponent but it's got this one chink in its armor that can't keep up with it so i might as well run doomsday if i'm playing competitively like currently for the past couple weeks it's been legacy's been to the point where like you can pretty much within reason run anything you want (laughs) yeah it's as long as you're on that legacy power level and i agree that you know while while, you know dark ritual buried alive isn't the most powerful thing it's on a it's a doomsday powerful or or it's a legacy power level thing to be doing right like if you're as long as you're doing that you've got a chance i mean case in point like this top eight is all and this top 16 is kind of all over the place and that all boils down to you know because a lot of these decks like just the 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 generic tempo disruption package of like Delver, you just you can't consistently beat it. And when you have to beat Delver probably three or four times in this challenge to have a chance of top aiding, well, that's why these decks never fucking make it. But once Delver is, you know, three decks in the top thirty-two, it's nine percent of this meta. I guess it's probably All a little higher because you can throw. Now it's 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 eleven percent because you've got uh, team or Delver as well. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden now there's a fucking chance. The, so. the line of, because sometimes your line going into tournament is, well, I just need to dodge it. And the line of dodging Delver is real again. Yeah, when it's not 25% of the meta. So, yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Um, so, winning, though, we've got Mr. Wizard with that Mystic. That says. It's Mr. Vizard, but it's Mr. Oh, Wizard. It's, it's a W. Clever. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's actually a movie called The Witch that uses that same style of writing. The VV. Yeah, it's we. I always jokingly call it the Vavitch. Yeah, but, so we've got the Wizard. Just so people know, I did get that it was the Wizard. But yeah, it's like that's yeah. that's what I, my brain was like. Oh, it's Mister Vizard. Wizard. Mister Wizard. All right. Anywho, <laughs> wait. So Mister Wizard. That's kind of like was that like would that be like how a German is that a German introducing himself? Oh, must I be Mister Wizard. <clears throat> anyway, what's the deck look like? <laughs> uh, we got Mystic Forge combo. So, we have not seen this. I can't remember the last time it's top aided, if it ever has since we started the podcast. I think it has, but it's like it's on the same lines of like as the last time Arclight Phoenix top aided, right? And it won. So, congratulations, Mister (laughs) Vavizard, home with the mono blue deck. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, mono blue deck, no force of wills. Yeah, I was going to say, this. it's hard to even call it a mono blue deck. This is mono brown. Like, it's got yeah. Echo this of is, Aeons in it, this is and then the rest forge. is just artifacts. So, yeah. and then Leyline Voids that you'll never actually cast. <clears throat> and I mean, and realistically, you've got three blue sources in the deck. Mm-hmm. Like, actual, sorry, blue <clears throat> lands. Like, you've got three lands that tap for blue man in the deck. Yeah, it's not a blue deck. It's it's a brown deck. Yep. Um, and then you got <clears throat> Lion's Eye Diamond, Lotus Petal, and Mox Opal. To actually cast it if you need to. Obviously, you can get some blue. Um, but creatures, we got Walking Ballista as your combo piece. We've yep. got Karn for Karn things. Because <laughs> yep. uh, if you look at the sideboard, uh, if anybody's watching along with us, we've got uh, basically a Karn sideboard, four Leyline of the Void, three Karn Scion of Urza, and then a bunch of one ofs. So yep. another Lion's Eye Diamond, a Tormod's Crypt, Liquid Metal Coating, Mesmeric Orb, which is uh, makes the fourth, the fourth Basalt Monolith, an Ensnaring Bridge, an Aetherflux Reservoir, and a Mycosynth Lattice for the uh, lockout piece. Um, then we've got Echo of Aeons. Um, 
artifacts i've already said lion's eye diamond lotus petal mox opal and then we got manifold key and voltaic key to be untapping with shenanigans so you can primarily use those to generate a shit ton of mana with like grim monolith and uh basalt monolith um but they also untap your uh mystic forge as well yep which is huge yep yes that's you just keep churning through the deck you can always burn those dead cards on top Mm-hmm. And you just keep hitting these zeros and these ones and these twos. And if you go through and look at the list where like Grim Monolith taps for three, Basalt Monolith taps for three, that casts almost every card in the deck. Yep. So like you just keep hitting these either mana positive or mana neutral cards where like if you hit a Voltaic Key off the top, all of a sudden like you cast it, then you tap, untap it. Now you have more mana and you can just keep turning, churning. Yep. Um but Matt, eventually I'm going to run out of cards. How do I get to infinite mana? Cast Echo of Aeons. Oh, you just put all those cards in your graveyard back into your deck and do it again. Yes. <laughs> and eventually dome them with a giant walking ballista. Yep, walking ballista for 20. Take 20, scrub. Yeah. So, super cool deck. Couldn't be happier to see it. I wish it didn't cost $6,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a little pricey. There's a lot of uh, there, there's a there's a several playsets of reserve list cards here. Yeah, so it's a bit a uh, bit expensive, but it's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, so this costs more than Delver, isn't that crazy? It costs more than a three color Delver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which just like to point out, we've got Tarmogoyf in the top eight again, guys. <laughs> oh, I was right. Yeah, I'm- I still maintain that a fucking a two, I I basically what I'm saying is I don't think a two mana five five is good enough. Um, it's been showing up a lot the last couple of weeks. Which so here's where I'll meet you in the middle. Um, maybe I'm happy do we ha- that we have a legacy now where a two mana five five is good enough. But I didn't well, think we would ever find that. And to be fair, it was for a long time anyways. So like. Basically, the funny thing is the period where you were at your peak of legacy is when Tarmogoyf wasn't good. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like, it I got used here. to get played a lot. Then we've got, you know, Murktide DRC, uh, brief stints with Sprite Dragon, Dreadhorde mm-hmm. Art. Basically, just a slew of broken fucking cards. Yeah, I got the 10% of legacy that didn't have Tarmogoyf in it. Right. And now um, we're back. <laughs> and yeah, like I'm, I'm happy that legacy is at a power level that Tarmogoyf is good. Like, that's... We always, I think it was like we don't have any, we don't have any recently. But like death and taxes is kind of a good indicator that the format's doing okay. Maverick is a good indicator that the format's doing okay. These cards, I mean, in my opinion, Mystic Forge and Heartlike Phoenix is a great indicator that the format's in a good place. And uh, Tarmogoyf kind of is too. If you can just slam a, a two mana five five and have it be a legacy power level thing, legacy is probably in a pretty good place. Yep. So, speaking of Arclight Phoenix, that's our second place. Um, anyone who's been paying attention. Uh, it looks like MTG Goldfish did scrub the website correctly. The funny thing is, MTGO Online did not. That's <laughs> <So. laughs> a thousand, guys. Yeah, like their website, they have the bracket correct, but their deck list is incorrect. Maybe, their list of deck lists is incorrect. Maybe that was why for a long time MTG Goldfish had it wrong. Maybe once the switch happened, maybe MTGO just, that's when they started scrubbing it wrong. And MTG Goldfish was a hardwired to just copy paste MTG online. And then they eventually found a way to figure it out without having to go through MTGO's reporting service. And that's why it's right now. Right. So, anywho, 
Arclight Phoenix. We talked about it a little bit, um, but we haven't actually talked about the deck and gone over it very much. Uh, we've got one Brazen Borrower, four Phoenixes. Uh, we've got the typical blue suite, a lot of cantrips. So you got Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordain, Force of Will, Days. So like I mean, we're all in on that. See, a significant. I mean, uh, that would be fifty percent more cantrip suite than usual because yes. Preordain almost never makes the cut anymore. Not, without, yeah, not I, anymore. It, and it's so it's crazy how powerful of a card it is. But yeah, preordain never makes the cut, and we've got a, a twelve cantrips in this deck. Yeah, well, I mean, and on top of the the blue cantrips, you also have two faithless lootings as well. Yeah, which that's true. pull double duty. So, because not only are you cantripping, so to speak, I mean, you're not like netting cards, but you're netting cards when you're chucking arclight phoenixes yeah. into the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, it's faithless looting all the time. Is you know, one mana draw two. Mm-hmm. Because you just like your binning card you didn't fucking want anyway. Yep. Um, then we've got some acceleration with Dark Ritual and Cabal Ritual. Because ideally what you're trying to do is hit that you need to have cast three or more instants or sorceries in a turn to get all your arc light your phoenixes back. So basically every card except for the dazes and the force of wills are trying to push towards that. That's why they almost all cost mm-hmm. one or generate mana. Because <laughs> you yep. can chain the 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 rituals into uh buried alive and get it that way you can go cantrip 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 if you have to like all kinds of shit and then you got bolt for backup removal and finishing the job yep. um so we've got uh sideboard nothing we haven't seen before court of ambition is relatively uncommon i don't yeah. know if it's common in this deck but it's relatively uncommon in uh legacy yeah, no one's then playing the black court. The white court, in my opinion, is very, very powerful. And you see it once in a while as a control finisher. The blue court was a was actually a Delver mainstay for a little while. But the black court, so two black black. When it ETBs, you become the monarch, of course. And at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. But if you're the monarch, they lose six life unless they discard two cards. Yeah. I don't think so. that's that good. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, but like, so as a general rule in Magic, if you're looking at you know deck building and power level, giving your opponent options is almost always the wrong thing to do, and this gives them options. So like, I mean, like imagine if Thoughtseize says, you know, you one black mana, you look at their hand, you choose a card, they discard that card unless they pay for life. Nobody would play it. Yeah, that card. That card's trash. The I think the trick with this court, and I mostly agree with you, is that it doesn't only just do a Punisher mechanic. It's also a monarch card. So like it's one yeah. of those things where like obviously paying four mana just to become the monarch is not good enough, but four mana to become the monarch and either one of those effects, not to mention one of the things I do like about it is that the the punisher effect kind of somewhat negates the downside of them taking monarch. Yeah. Especially in Does an it, aggressive deck because they're either they going, do, you're either doming them with a lightning bolt every turn or they're pitching a card that they would have gotten from Monarch. So yeah, that's true. They're 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 at, they're approaching it, I mean it's it basically is card parity because either you get to cast lightning bolt or they get to discard a card they yeah. that they drew. And it's obviously no. it's still terrible because they're getting great selection. Yeah. Um and they're getting the, they're getting the option to be to when they can pay the life and keep the cards, but it But yeah. Overall, I still, generally real. speaking, agree with you. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Court of Ambition being good enough. But so side they're... thought, how much life would thought... The card I pitched, where it's like, oh, you choose a card, they discard it unless they pay X life. How much life before you would reliably get them to not discard the card? Or to get them to discard the card? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Um, we, five we have to be minimum. Like, 
I was thinking especially, like, I was thinking well, it would have to be like ten. I was thinking like like it needs to be ten. Well, like so, if it's strict, if it's still exactly thoughtsies, five just puts you at lose the card or eat a lightning bolt. You know what I mean? So like that's that would be the bare minimum. Yeah, I, where I was it turns like, thought. It, but like, if you want to, if you want it to be a card that reliably gets them to discard a card, it's got to be between like seven and twelve. Yeah, it's it's high. It's real high. Like, if you, I mean, the num- like the number of times I, what's the I'm thinking of like, um, combustible gear Hulk is a great example where it's like I take the life every single time. Like, unless Pretty I have much. five life, I take the life. I you may yeah. not have cards now. And there's another one. It's um, it's like risk factor or something, but it's like. You know, you may draw two cards unless your opponent pays for life. And it's like that card just reads target opponent loses four life. I absolutely will never let you draw the two or three cards. I'll take the four life every time. The flip side is if it gets like, say it was five life. At that point, you start going, well, maybe I start running this in different decks. And I know, again, punishing effects aren't good. But for one mana, either one of those effects is probably worth it. Especially because you'd still get to see their hand. So you're talking about a pseudo Gataxian probe. And it's like, yeah. for one mana, I get to see your hand. And then you either discard the best card or take five. Five's a lot. Especially, like, so, like, if Legacy is a little different. But if we're going to kick this forward to modern, where you're t- playing in a format with fetches and shocks, five life is a fucking ton for one yeah, black. That, <laughs> that needs to be, a like, that would need to be an EDH card. Which, oddly yeah. enough, is exactly where it's most likely to be printed is in an EDH deck. Yeah, and where it's most likely to be fucking useless. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, just a little hypothetical. Yep. Uh, third place, we've got Reanimator. Let's see what type it is. Uh, it doesn't look like it's shenanigans. So we've got uh, Grief, Atraxa, Sarah Emissary, Archon, Grizzlebrand normal reanimator stuff the um yeah the tracks has kind show of and tell slid into that that one of slot and is kind of holding it pretty steady as um even in even in the blue even in the black red blue black is a little more heavy on the tracks so even the blue red it's worth it to have you know a one of a track so you can chase down for those mid to late games where paying seven life isn't really ideal and yep. you know i said once we talked about once you can't pay the seven life for Grizzlebrand, brand tracks is probably just better yeah. I, almost almost assuredly is just better yep and as a one of it's just perfect in the deck like yeah 90 percent of the time you're going to be entombing it and casting uh-huh. Uh-huh. um this is just a quick aside jake it is storming at my house so if i lose power heads up <laughs> okay <laughs> if matt drops out i will uh, i will carry on the show and oh wow actually if, if uh well Here's the thing, guys. If you're hearing this, power didn't drop out because if he loses power, he's going to lose his recording and we're not putting up. I I can't just put up my half of the episode. (laughs) Sure you can. (laughs) So if you're hearing this, Matt didn't lose power. Yep. Uh, Next up, we've got Jeskai. It's listed as Jeskai Stoneblade. Let's make sure it actually is. Yep. So mostly Stoneblade. Um, We do have four of this Staff of the Storyteller again in this. Love that card. Yeah. Um, I was looking at it, and if I remember correctly, so this one, I'm curious. There's no other token generators. Yep, I say it's very. There, there, technically, there's two, um, but it's very yeah, passive I mean, on the on the uh, on the. You got Batter Skull and Cultra. I don't really count is, those as token generators. <laughs> I yes, I know, but it is hilarious that they do trigger it. Yes, they do. Um, but you're correct. I was also thinking that where 
this is way more passive on the staff of Storyteller, forcing it to, um, forcing them to, you know, utilize, basically it makes it, makes its one and that's it. And you're yeah. obviously they get way better in multiples there, but it is not even remotely as abusable. Um, the closest thing to abusing it is it is a great thing to bounce with Teferi. Mm-hmm. If that's, that's true. something you're thinking of. It is. Um, and again, it's a great thing in multiples to bounce with Teferi. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, that that's that is something to keep in mind. And since it, this could just be me underestimating the card, so what what this shows to me is like if this continually is seeing play like this without a bunch of token generators, then that to me is what I would kind of shift it to a staple. Like it'd be different mm-hmm. if it was kind of like, well, we can build a control deck like this where we use token generating planeswalkers and we use staff of the storyteller. Yep, and that's one build, and then, you know, then we have our normal build, so A and B, right? Yep. But if this is just making it into it because on basically, from its own power, just playing it and then playing a second one, just and then potentially even playing a third one, because again we've got cantrips out the wazoo, like that I says we, something. I think what you're trying to say is once a card draw engine begins to enable itself, you're approaching broken and or staple territory and that's what this is well, just that's what this indicates of. is it, it's this deck doesn't have any support this card draw yeah. engine is good enough to enable itself yeah it's just like we don't need anything else we're good to go yeah. and that's it's surprising to me the funny thing is, is we've been talking about it forever and the argument itself kind of drives me nuts but how white needs card draw well here you go Yep, white's getting its card draw and it's been what i've been saying forever is just like yeah but like all that's gonna do is give blue decks better card draw <laughs> hey look a blue deck <laughs> yep it's the same thing because like there's been a lot of people uh that i've heard and i s- definitely agree with the sentiment but there's been a lot of people that have uh i've talked to that want other colors other than colors other than blue to be able to interact on the stack mm-hmm. and I 100% agree with the sentiment. The problem is if the cards are any good, they're just going to go in blue decks. Yeah, they would need to be, um, for them to have a chance of not being in blue decks, you need to have like pip pip color costs. Yeah. yeah and, 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 you know, like red blue, or not red blue, like red red, or red green, or black white pips to interact. Yeah. Like, it has to be so hard for a blue deck to splash into it. And the problem is, by putting pips on there, you also just make the card worse. Way worse infinitely so, worse it's just like you have to it's kind of a hard line to yep, you know it is kind of hard line to walk because you're very right where blue especially in legacy and modern to an extent where mana bases are fake uh right it's just it's just so easy to to steal any good card and put it in your deck yeah god and god forbid they go you know it's blue green counterspell <laughs> then it just goes right in because <laughs> then it pitches to force yeah. and all of a sudden you're off to the races but yep. and Race the beat. thing that kind of sucks about it though is like at best say you say you make like the most anti blue one as far as colors go you go like red black or red green it's still worse than just straight up counterspell it is because like I mean well it doesn't necessarily it just has to do so it has to counterspell you make a copy of it or counter like I, you know counterspell you have a well copy yeah of it. but I don't think like it, it would. has to do like, something it's it's almost unthinkable to even just have a red green counter target spell. Yeah, they're almost there's no way in hell they're going to have a red green counter target spell and do something else mm-hmm. like and you're right if in that in that world yeah just play counter spell it's way yeah. better yeah 
So, yeah, it would give Gruul some counterspells, and that'd be cool, but it's still a worse card than counterspell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anywho, it is. Uh, next up, we've got Doomsday. So, so I will confirm, I yep. still have plans, uh, preferably tomorrow, Friday, to have a sit-down and discuss Doomsday builds with someone who owns four Doomsdays. Uh, I've been a little busier than I thought lately, and I, I kind of forgot this weekend. That's my fault, so sorry about that. But uh, we still have plans to discuss it. Uh, that's in the works. I still want to have, and my plan is to, you know, obviously have that discussion. We'll record it, and we'll kind of throw it onto the, like the the next week's episode. Of just probably just him and I. Matt probably won't be available. He'll probably be doing something because he doesn't care about the podcast as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> sure. We'll, uh, but we'll we'll have that discussion and we'll we'll try and get it onto the episode so that one I can become more educated and two so that we can spread his knowledge to our fan base. Yep. So all that being said, uh, neither one of us really has anything intelligent to say about Doomsday. Did I say and last week looked- that I was talking to him on Reddit and uh, he mentioned that we have multiple times looked at our Doomsday list and said, "Oh, it looks like stock Doomsday," and it was an incredibly innovative new way to build Doomsday. Uh, to me, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Because um, most of the cards are the same, and uh, we have both said multiple times, neither one of us know it well enough yes. to like spot the individual yeah. things. This is and he wasn't snarky about it at all. Yeah. But it's, it's just, just hilarious. It, it'd be like if you and you're an elf player, and if I looked at elves and I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's pretty much a stock elf list, and you're like, Jake, there's no elvish visionaries in this list. What are you fucking talking about? Right. Oh, I know. Yep. So. Yeah, look, it's stock stock doomsday. Yeah, looks like a stock doomsday (laughs) list to me. Can't wait to hear about this tomorrow. Yep. Oh, I am sorry, doomsday players. We don't own four doomsdays. Not between us. Nope. I think I have one. I don't have any. Uh, Next up, we've got Rugged Elver. (laughs) Tarmogoyf. Now, we also are not going to spend a ton of time on this either. Uh, Doesn't look like there's anything that we haven't yeah, that's, seen before other it's than where, the fact that I, I told you guys at the beginning we're gonna we're gonna go through a little faster one of the ways we're gonna go with it faster is as you've noticed the decks that we don't have much to say or are common we're just gonna rush past yeah this is a, so, just rush past yep and i'd love to talk about delver if it was doing something interesting not mm-hmm, i shouldn't yeah. say interesting interesting is the not the right word if it was doing something new or different it, yeah but it's we've seen the well, same. like if we saw like a genuine like splash of black where there's like four black cards in them like yeah. that'd be Other that'd be than fun to talk about snuff out and sorry yeah no snuff out i mean like actual <laughs> like yeah like they have legitimate black cmc's in the main or yeah like if, Grixis if we saw Grixis Delver Delver, that was it was it's running him to turok and fatal push and it's like oh wow this is a new take on delver recently at least yeah Next up, we've got, it's listed Sneak and Show. Let's make sure it actually has Sneak Attack and oh, Show and Tell. Yep. It's JPA. Yeah, it's, and yeah. JPA plays a ton of stuff, and JPA is a phenomenal Magic player. But JPA yeah. is, is known for legit Sneak and Show. Yep. So we got uh, eight creatures, Simeon Spirit Guide, two Atraxes, two Grizzlebrand, three Emrakul, the 12 Cantrips, Days, Show and Tell, Force of Will, Lotus Petal, Sneak Attack, Omniscience, Ain't to Tomb. Like, that Force of Will is ugly. Yeah, I don't like that one either. Um, which is like, so, uh, Richard Kane Ferguson, in my opinion, is a very hit or miss artist. Like he's got some cards that I just fucking love. And then he's Uh got some others that I'm just like, that just looks like shit. So there's, cause he's, his style is so distinctive Uh 
it is to me like i look at it and i either go it works or it doesn't yep. <laughs> there's like very little middle ground you can spot yeah. a seb mckinnon card from across the room yep and sometimes they look phenomenal and sometimes they sometimes it just misses it doesn't fit with the flavor yep um sideboard flusterstorm pyroblast defense grid blood moon brothers and, i don't yeah. see anything I mean, super crazy in, in the sneak and show list yeah i don't know whether wipe away is an uncommon or common card in sneak and show but it's not a com it's not a common card legacy uh mm -mm. common legacy card nope. so that's, that's about the only thing i see on there i i love split second as a mechanic yeah so, um let's see red or a uh, black green reanimator saw that next up is a reanimator list um ah, okay good this... it's not black green reanimator it's a uh, yeah it's mono black reanimator um, with Witherbloom Apprentice on the side. So I'm guessing... Yeah. Oh, sorry, Witherbloom it's Apprentice chain of, and Chain of Smog. Yeah, it's so. a Witherbloom Chain of Smog combo in the sideboard. Yes. Model a Black really Reanimator in the main. Yeah, so like, that's exciting you could, to see. You could easily go game one. You're obviously never going to see red mana, but you wouldn't necessarily place it as, you know, off of black-red. But even if you just... You would, you'd always post this on game one as Budget Reanimator, Mono Black Reanimator, which it's a... I mean, it's a... It's a really good deck. You got you got four thought seizes, three collective brutalities, and uh, and four griefs. You're, you're all in their fucking hands, and four masks. To be fair, like, yeah, the the strength of that is not to be ignored. The ability to just uh, fucking destroy hands. The number of times uh, playing in Pioneer recently, where I go turn one thought seize, turn two thought seize, game's fucking over, guys. Yep. Um, and then just to be able to, this has been the age old problem with reanimator the reason reanimator will never own the format is every single set they print a new one or two mana graveyard hate piece and all the best ones have filtered into legacy and you have to have something to do if it has some way to make it happen in games two and three or or you know whichever one and being able to just smoothly juke into a, a, a sedgemore witch as great value and some life gain profane tutor to find the pieces and a full set for Chain of Smog and Witherbloom Apprentice to be like, cool, you mulligan down to five and you slam the Leyland of the Void. I don't care. Yeah. So you mulligan down to five, lost one card to a Leyland Void that I don't, Leyland, uh, Void. Yep. Void. That I, that and does now not I'm matter. going to just like strip your last four cards. Yep. <laughs> Thoughtsies yeah. unmask. GG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, cool! I have the the three the three turns it takes to assemble this combo. Okay, we're done. Yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome. That's, Juke. It's awesome and relatively cheap. Uh, Seventeen hundred dollars, and um, almost all of that of that seventeen hundred dollars, over a thousand of it is in the bayous and the fetch lands. Yeah. So I mean, like for like seven hundred dollars and a couple fet and a couple shock lands, you have a somewhat worse. But even in the main board, in the main board, not worse at all. Awesome tier two, tier two and a half reanimator deck. Yep. About the only thing that I think really does hurt to lose is faithless looting in the main. Hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. It's but um, it's, having those creatures get legitimately stuck in your hand, except for collective brutality and unmask, is very real. Yeah. But yeah, that's our top eight. Eight different decks. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Going over to the metagame summary, we're right back in this other. Nine of the top 32 are listed as other. Yeah. Um, this gonna... is what I like to see. These next couple, these next, the next highest deck, the highest named deck, 
Love it. One second. Um, eh. So they're not even... So there's three of this black-green list down towards the bottom. Oh, they finally I, pulled it off? <clears throat> they finally separated it. Yeah, it's basically fiend artisan, fiend artisan elves lists with like yeah. just different stuff. <laughs> some of them have some elves, some of them don't. Like, I mean, they all have a couple elves, but like, <laughs> they finally got <laughs> different hilarious. enough. Yeah, they finally yeah. got different enough that MTG Goldfish separated out actual like, elves okay. and fiend you're artisan. not elves anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, if you categorize those together, elves is actually five of the top thirty-two. <laughs> Yeah, because you've got three, four, and then two traditional black elves. green. You got yeah. four black green and then two traditional. But yeah, yeah, between four and six. Yeah, quote, depending on how you kind of elf decks. Yep. So that's cool. Uh, next up, you've got reanimator with the actual top. Yeah. Um, well, with three. in fairness, let's you could because um, I did the same thing. Is it Delver and Rug Delver should probably be put together. They're, I mean, it's yeah, they're similar true. enough. And then you're looking at yeah. four, but still, I mean, it's like I you heard me weeks and weeks and weeks ago where it's like, boy, if Delver ever got to a place where it was between like nine and 13 percent of the meta every week, I'd be fucking ecstatic. And oh, look, 13 percent of the meta is El- is Delver. Yeah, the uh, we'll get to the mo- the top creatures is kind of interesting. Um, so we got that Delver elves and then just one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, 14 different decks. Just a bunch of fucking one-ups. Like, that's yeah. amazing to me. Stifle like, Knot, Prison, uh, Cephalid Breakfast, Four Color Death Control. Shadow. Oops. Oops yep. all spells. Yeah. Phoenix, Super obviously. Cool. Yeah, and that 14, does, like we said, doesn't even include the others. Uh-huh. Just Legacy's probably the best I've seen it in, like, two years. Probably yep, three so years. So excited. Actually. So happy about it. Um. So, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to see how they fuck it up. Don't. <laughs> I know. I'm just... Yep. pretending oh, to be a negative nancy oh i know um most played cards i don't know if this is ever gonna actually change or <laughs> some <Forcible laughs> brainstorm ponder lotus petal days <laughs> those first three spots are hard to fight for man they they're really hard we still have 59 percent of decks running force of will and 56 in brainstorm and ponder so the next closest one is 30 uh depending on so this is where it gets a little iffy so 31 percent of decks have lotus petal but 44 percent have pyroblast but there's more copies and that's so it's kind of a how do they it's, it's, it's weird down? yeah it yeah. gets weird um top creatures this to me is interesting and it's something we talked about and i don't want to get into a long drawn out debate about it but top creatures grief murktide delver drc and elvish reclaimer look at the percentage of decks that murktide has versus like drc and it's just like yeah that's yep so you've got bait you have 12 percent of the meta is delver and then you've got another couple decks running Murktide. Yep. Because Murktide's sitting at 22%. Yeah. So it just kind of goes to show you that, like, Murktide, not to say, and I don't want to get into a bunch of band talk or anything like that, but, like, people who were saying that Murktide is just, quote-unquote, a fine card, a dumb beater or whatever, like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's well, a little I mean, more like- than that. <laughs> Yeah, and like my argument's always been that Murktide isn't even that good without DRC to enable it, and I'm clearly just wrong. Well, the the fact of the matter is, you would be correct if the 56% of decks didn't run Brainstorm and Ponder as well. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and I, when, when I say, and keep in mind, people, when I say not that good, obviously the card's fucking bonkers. But I've always, I've always been the opinion that the true power of Merktide are the DRCs powering them out. Um, and this, this quick result kind of proves me wrong a, a bit. Where, yeah, you've got ten percent. Uh, you've got you know almost twice the percentage of decks running Merktide than you do DRC. Well, it's just the fact of the matter is, it's just super easy to fill your graveyard. Like, it's legacy between fetches and cantrips and all that kind of shit. Super easy to dump a bunch of yeah. cards in your graveyard. And that's like. Get to a 5 5 6 6 flying. Because that's the thing. Like, Murktide doesn't need to be an 8 8 to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, no. you, if, it, if you had one plus one plus one counter on it, two mana for a 4 4 flying is fucking nuts. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like, worth considering. Right. So, anywho. Well, I mean, think about it. Two mana get you Tarmogoyf, which doesn't have flying. <laughs> yeah, that's a two mana a two mana Tarmogoyf that's usually a four four or five five is apparently good enough. Right. Uh, Merktide just has flying and can get bigger. And um, pitches to force. And pitches to force. Anywho, top spells, same shit. Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal Days. So uh Legacy's looking fantastic. I'm glad for like the first several weeks in a row, I'm able to just like dunk on modern because legacy yeah. is looking way better than modern so um we're, we're sitting at around an hour and the podcast is not going to have much time left um because we're gonna we're gonna really find some time with this modern review because yeah. one two three four five lists in the top eight of these is it murktide decks and i'll be honest i am not even going to click on all of them i'm going to tell everybody that first Anost, 1997, one with Merktide Regent. I'm going to look at his list, and I'm going to look at it and go, oh, look, it's Merktide. Isn't Merktide with two Blood Moons? Then I'm going to tell everybody that first, second, fourth, sixth, and seventh were Merktide Regent. Yeah, total of Modern's, eight of the top 32. <laughs> yeah, eight of the top 32, and five of them made it to the top eight. <laughs> so Modern's not in a great place for this challenge. Yep. Um. So what I've heard from some people, I believe I was Emperor was talking in our Discord, but it could have been someone else was talking about kind of the general consensus on where Merktide sits and whatnot. Because Legacy was livid. Most of many much of Legacy was livid with how Delver just had a fucking iron fist around Legacy. And the the overall win rate of Merktide, while the while the play rate is very high, the overall win rate isn't very high. And so this might this is probably just a bit of a fluke. A uh, bit of a statistical anomaly, but for the most part, people don't mind playing against Merktide Region. It doesn't have the raw power in comparison to the rest of the field that Delver has in Legacy or had, and for that reason, it isn't. It doesn't get the venom that that Delver got. Now, all that being said, this looks terrible. So, quick point <laughs> before we move on, and no discussion, no explanation. You have to pick one card, either Expressive Iteration or Ragavan to go. Which one do you pick? Uh, Expressive Iteration is better. Cool. Fair enough. Um, Ragavan, especially, Ragavan, especially in Modern, isn't nearly as good. And I don't think Ragavan... I think the more... Legacy is working towards a position where Ragavan could be better because there's more removal, but Modern has tons of removal. Ragavan's not that bad. It's, it's, a, it's a great card. It's not that bad. Expressive Iteration is... I want to talk about it so bad, Matt. Third place, General Ferris. <laughs> Ragavan's a terrible top deck on turn eight. Iteration is not. If we uh, want to so, talk about it, we could talk about it at right at the end of this. Modern thing. There's, <laughs> there's going to be something. If you look over to your right, that kind of shows us both where 
the data yeah. may say were incorrect. Okay. <laughs> is uh, is Ragavan all over the fucking place and fifty percent of decks, <laughs> which is thirty eight. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, they're both really bad, but like Ragavan is the really most bad. guarded model. Clearly, clearly more played. But I maintain that I don't think it's that's it, it's a lot of discussion that could be had on it. We can we can yeah. do some a little bit at the end. So third place, this is a really cool card. This deck is based on a really cool card. We actually did a deck tech on it forever ago. Um, I think it was from Mono Wolf, but I'm not positive. Yeah, um, but I the uh, the deck. This is a five color list. It's actually more of a Niv Mizzet Reborn list. Yeah, which it just makes sense because the because general uh, general Ferris Rockrick. Uh, pairs so well with its gameplay patterns to Niv Mizzet Reborn. So Niv Mizzet Reborn is the it's Wooberg for a six six, but when it ETBs, we look at the top ten cards. When it ETBs, you win the game. <laughs> like, well, it's, it might as well I'm, fucking say that. <laughs> well, it's it it when so this deck requires a little more deck building constraints than Atraxa, but it ETBs very similar to Atraxa. Yep. Where it's like look at the top ten cards of your deck and pick the best three to five and draw them. And it's like, oh wow! Turns out when you're six mana six six with flying, or you're five mana six six with flying, just draws five cards. Like you said, Matt, game's over pretty fucking quick. There's just no recovering from that. Yeah. How do you how do you recover from the good old six for one with yeah. with a clock? Yeah. Basically, your only hope is to combo them out because exactly. like you're not gonna wear win a fair game against them, especially yeah. when even even if you resolve your Niv Mizzet, you draw five cards, and I can slam and then ephemerate a um. If I can slam and ephemerate a Archon of Cruelty, like we're, I'm just barely approaching parity with you. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you probably found a way to fucking kill it. Yeah. Or get another Niv Miss it. Yeah. The, um, the Bring to Light, which still drives that card, should be. It drives me nuts. I've got 11 of them. I've mentioned it before. It uh-huh. just, that card should have been a good spec. It was just in the set that got opened into Oblivion. Yep. Like. Bring to light. It's a fantastic card. <laughs> so then the 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 namesake of this deck. Well, it is ba- this is basically a Niv Mizzet Reborn deck. The 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 card that we're focusing on here is General Ferris Rock Rick. One white red for a three one hexproof from multicolored. Which did, or sorry, hexproof from monocolored. So no lightning bolt, no fatal push, uh, no prismatic ending, no um, leyline binding. None of that shit. Yep. Um. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. So, Matt, can I interest you in a world where Lightning Helix makes a 4-4? You sure can. How about Prismatic Ending for two? Make a 4-4. Yeah, like this card is insane. It's obviously, it's it's three mana is, is, a, is a bit, and being a 3-1, it dies to every multicolored removal spell, and uh, it's terrible in combat. But the value of just turning every one of your man, there's only one in this deck. I didn't realize that. There's only I thought it was like I thought there was like three. Yeah. Um. It just when every one of well, your there's cards effectively four. Oh, that is true. Yeah. You do have bring the light. Um, Although, to, if you're gonna bring to light, you're probably gonna bring to light. Yeah, the situation is pretty rough where you're going for general but, rock work, but but not necessarily because what you can get pinned on is you can have five mana, but not through five colors like that's not uncommon so having like if you had three colors you get general uh you get ferris there if you got four you get omnath if you got five you get an imizzet like that's kind of the way the deck is built so Mm -hmm. and yeah spending five mana to cast a three three out of your deck 
I mean, at realistically, that's just demonic tutoring. Yeah. Like, you'd spend five so, minutes to demonic <clears throat> tutor and cast General Ferris. So, so how about this, me. though? There's another addition to this deck. Oh, there's obviously Omnath, the four-color four Omnath, which is great. And uh, there is Loki, which I believe you can still bring the light into Loki and cast the backside. I think you're allowed to do you that. Mean Valky, right? Or sorry, Valky, yeah. Valky, yeah. God of Lies, and Tybalt, Cosmic Impersonator. Yes. But can I interest you? This is a one-of again, but in uh, Niv-Mizzet Reborning with an Elish Norn out and just doing it twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something else that is important to reference. I didn't say the cards, but it's... So General Rockrick also survives Solitude and Fury. Very real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 100%. But yeah, Elish Norn. I mean, and, I, you know, I, every one of these creatures has a... Except for General, has, an, uh, has a phenomenal ETB to double up on. General doesn't have a phenomenal ETB. Um, oh, what? I just realized that, because that's, that's end of the battlefield, isn't it? There is no hmm. synergy between Elish Norn and General Ferris. That nope. sucks. But yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's cast trigger. And if you are ever hung up on mana, you can just bring to light an Elish Norn, which in many situations, a 4-7 Vigilance that shuts off your opponent's Furies and Solitudes is very, very real. Yeah. As long as you've got one, ma- you know, as long as you can cast bring to light, you can go get Elish Norn, the mother of machines, I should say. Yeah, there's like 14 Elish Norns now. That's true. I need to clarify. <laughs> there's there's like 37 arts. Um, Planeswalkers, you've got Ren and Six and Three Fairy. And then for spells, you've got um, just kind of a soup of good stuff. Um, and, and and some cards that wouldn't necessarily go well unless you've got Bring to Light. So you're like, you have an Unmoored Ego. You have a Supreme Verdict. You have uh, Kaya's Guiles. These, these mostly... For most what sideboardy cards, but when you can just tutor them even for five mana, they become a lot more playable in the main deck as a toolboxy kind of thing. Yep. Uh, Lightning Helix and Prismatic Ending. Oh, go ahead. Combined with the general. Yep. Yes, and when you get the additional benefit of now Unmoored Ego gets you a four four. It makes it a lot more playable, potentially. Holy shit. Uh Utopia Sprawl and Abundant Growth to fix your mana. And twenty six lands with all the land types to make it happen. What'd you see that holy shitted you? There's four Vindicate in the side. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever. Uh-huh. If you, dude, if you'd been like, okay, Matt, there's going to be four Vindicate in a deck in Modern this week, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. Like, no, there's not. So <laughs> what I see when I see that, and I'll, like, um, it's a little bit more, because uh, Terminate is the direct comparison, but like, how does this deck beat Merktide? Yeah. It does. I mean, you can maybe bounce with Teferi. And you can Supreme Verdict it once. So Terminate is obviously the, the better version, where it's just black, red, killer creature, but um, bumping That's up That's why one... this deck needs... Oh, you can't fucking get her, can you? I was going to say the Atraxa, but she costs too much to bring to light. Yeah, because it's a CMC, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a CMC, has to be less than or equal to the number of colors spent, so you max out of five. Oh! Yeah. I don't know. My That was not... I thought it was. I thought it was the colors equal to. I thought if you spent two colors on Bring to Light, you could get a two. Co- you could get a, a creature with two colors in it. That's not how it works, is it? No. No sorcery cards with mana value. Oh, I'm dumb. So Elish Norn with Bring to Light's way worse. There are situations where you do it, but it's way worse. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm stupid. Um, but yeah, vindicates. Like that's why I was when I think that I think of like. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is answers literally anything, which. In a deck that's designed to be a little more mid-rangey, you're planning on having the three mana versus the two. Like, it's just better, bar none. 
and it answers probably the most problematic card in the format for you, which is going to be Merktide Regent, where you can't, you just can't get over it. And it's going to kill you before your Niv-Mizzet Reborn or your Bring Delight even matters. Not Because, especially, those decks run all kinds of interruption, of interaction with Counterspells and Archmage's Charms and all shit like that. Yep, and it's also a decent catch-all just against literally any permanent-based yep. shit. If you're worried so. about anything stopping you, I mean, like, like I said, destroy target permanent, like... What better three words are there on an inst- or on a sorcery? Or instant, yeah. for that matter. It's a good stone rain as well. Keep that in mind. Yes, it is. It's very real. There's it's the best this, stone rain, for sure. Four-color <laughs> format where, like, you can knock someone off a color really easily. It's, you say it's the Not best stone rain? Yeah, it's the best stone rain ever printed. Yep. It's about as good as it gets. Moving on. Um, let's skip the next one. We do have a moth combo in fifth place. Uh, Hapatra, Vizier of Poisons, as our creature. Uh, we, we do have a Zolaport Cutthroat versus a Blood Artist in the uh, payoff slot. Uh, we do not have Garof's Messenger, so we, again, have one way to win the game. But I guess one of those things, like, you, just, you don't go for it until you're ready to win, and that's all it takes, is that's the turn that you go off and you make it happen. Um, but nothing else really interesting going on in here. Not in the main, yeah. Sheldred uh, in the side, which is cool. Yep, and the Filigree Silex, which is also yeah. a really cool uh, Ratchet Bomb style effect. Yeah. <clears throat> but nothing really interesting going on in there. Uh, we can skip 6th and 7th and bump down to 8th place for some scamming action with Rakdos. Three well, Fury. Realistically, just skip this as well. <laughs> That's the funny thing. This was the... If the equivalent thing last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Where Rakdos scam was just like half the top yep. eight, and Rakdos yeah. scam's been all over modern for a little while now, and it's it it feels to me like one, it is an incredibly powerful thing to do. It isn't the most, and it isn't like I, I can't. I think I was listening to, to the MTG Goldfish podcast, and I think it was Saffron Olive who pointed out how powerful cards have gotten. Where and, and this is real in modern, you can have someone grief. Grief you twice on turn one, and you'd be like, "I'm still in this. Like, I can yeah. handle this." That's that's how good cards and top decks have gotten, just in Magic in general. <laughs> but but um, it is it is probably one of the most fun things to do. I've done it quite a bit. I had a uh, it wasn't Rakdos, it was Black White, but there was the premise of it was to either you know ephemerate Stoneforge or ephemerate Grief as early as possible, and it it's really really fun to just start thought seizing your opponent multiple times in a, a turn. So that's probably why, much like Merktide, where Merktide might not have an obscene win rate, it's just it's just fun to play with lots of decisions. This is just a fun, powerful deck to play, and that is going to up its and it has and it has a good win rate, so that's just going to up its play rate by a shit ton. Um, all that being said, there is nothing innovative deck as opposed to what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's one of the things I've just been kind of going through the the decks here and the um, the like complete lack of synergy decks is uh-huh. just kind of sad <laughs> yeah with especially with modern horizons 2 and just the huge power dump that's that's what the synergy is is power yeah. my cards synergize with each other because they're the most powerful cards like yeah. fury like grief like solitude like rat like ragavan like uh like An- there's no amulet here but like, like amulet of vigor like there's just like my cards synergize because they're strong it's amulet of vigor to... does, well, does you, well you've got like affinity bounce lands but yeah where you're each individual card isn't that great, but the sum is greater than the or the yeah the sum are greater than their parts. 
that's where it matters. Not with these decks. Not with Murktide Region. Not there, there's some synergy in Region, but not with not really. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's DRC and there's Murktide. That's synergy. And there's instants and sorceries. But metagame summary uh, with <clears throat> did I bump to the legacy page? Uh, Murktide Regent with 25% of the meta, eight decks, five of which made it to the top eight. Come on, guys, you can do better than that. I want to see a full top eight. I want to see a, I want to see eight out of eight in the top eight. That'd be worth seeing. That'd just be funny as hell. That'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> up next, 18 and a half, 18.7%, uh, six Rakdos scam decks. Then we've got uh, 9.5% uh, Indomitable Creativity and 4-Color Omnath. A couple twos with Zoo, Crashing Footfalls, and then a bunch of one-ofs like Affinity, that Pharaoh's deck. Uh, the Gorio Through the Breach list that's um, been seeing some more play on MTGO, Yogmoth, uh, Azorius Control, stuff like that. Most played cards, Ragavan, then Lightning Bolt, then Expressive Iteration, Counterspell, Engineered Explosives. Top Creatures, Ragavan, Fury, Dragon Rage Channeler, Ledger Shredder, Murktide. And top spells, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Counterspell, Engineered Explosives, and Consider. I still maintain what I said. Um, I think I'd rather, I think uh, Expressive Iteration is the problem card, not Ragavan. Well, I think we probably both agree that they're probably both problem cards. Yeah, but, sorry, but we to pick one. But yeah, and I agree with you. I'm not going to, I don't want to sit here and argue with you about it, because I, I, I think I'm right there too. I'd rather lose Expressive Iteration and just yeah. complete the... <laughs> the clean sweep of get this card out of every format yep. <laughs> that was a mistake <laughs> let's just oko the fuck out of expressive iteration please <laughs> yep. uh, the problem see again this is this is that jenga tower shit though you uh-huh. get rid of expressive iteration and M- rakdos murktide is left completely untouched yep, and like and it's already that's tied that- for the best deck in the format that card generation, that card advantage might be what's keeping that deck somewhat in check is that it can scam somebody and they can get those cards back over the course of a game. Yeah. So again, we don't want to, I don't want to talk for a half hour about something like that, but it's just funny when you see like, like seeing lightning bolt in half the decks, it's still a little high, but like whatever it's lightning mm-hmm. bolt, it costs one red and it's good. So like, sure. Uh, it does have an effect on the meta game, obviously, because everything has to pass a lightning bolt test. Yep. Like, but um, the fact of the matter is, is like that's that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like it's yes, got fifty percent. It yeah, it's got at minimum fifty percent more ragvans than any other creature. Like that's a huge fucking gap. It is big, big jump, big, big, big jump. Speaking of big jumps, I think I'm ready to jump to the end of our episode. Definitely a little shorter this week. Um, it's been a bit of a rougher week. Uh, Matt's got to go to bed soon. He's an old man, and we still have to record hey, that sweet, sweet Patreon gotta get up content. at 4.30 in the morning. It's not do, old man shit. <laughs> i got to be up in eight hours. <laughs> you do get up pretty early. So we're wrap this up quick. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on our, uh, on our Twitter, on our Facebook. You can email us at cantripcartel at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to join into that Patreon and hit us up on Discord, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. And, you know, shoot us a message. Let us know what we forgot. Let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know what you want to hear about. But other than all of that, Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Not that I know of. And we will see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll crack this fetch land. I'll go get me a forest and I'm going to cast green suns for zero. Cool. No response. Okay. 
give me a dryad arbor you have no idea what list i'm on because there's like six right now <laughs> which elf list are you playing <laughs> golgari maverick fuck you <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the cantrip cartel.